and about double brokering and what to do about it. But first, our top story involves one of the newer members of the team, senior market expert Adam Josephson, and why retailers are sending negative sentiments about the state of the economy. He joins us now to talk about it. Adam, thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning. How are you? Good to have you here, Adam, with us. And you've done a lot of writing about the state of the retail space lately. Things are not so great, especially as we're headed into what should traditionally be kind of the start of peak season, right? Talk to us a little bit about what's going on. Sure. So Walmart and Target really a year ago started talking about a shift from discretionary items to non-discretionary items, meaning the less money people have, the fewer discretionary discretionary items they buy and the more they buy of uh, food and beverage and 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 not much else and and that trend has continued and it really accelerated in the first quarter they talked about that trend the home improvement retailers talked about that many other retailers talked about that so the prevailing themes in the first quarter earnings season in retail were the shift from discretionary to non-discretionary spending uh, elevated what's called shrink, which is theft, and increased discounting, what retailers call promoting. And the other the other theme that was apparent was a t- deterioration in sales trends in March and April relative to January and February. And the reason for that, according to the retailers, was lower tax refunds in April, lower SNAP benefits beginning in March, uh, SNAP meaning uh, food stamp benefits. And uh, retailers didn't talk about the impact of the banking crisis, but that certainly that could have played a role given that that erupted in early March. And Adam, there are really other downstream impacts as well. When we're thinking about retailers, of course, they've had some pretty substantial margins over the last few quarters. What does this now do to their potential margins? And then what does that then do to what it would mean to hiring trends overall? Sure, Anthony. So the I mentioned the shift from discretionary to non-discretionary items. So discretionary items carry higher margins. Discretionary items, big ticket items such as furniture, appliances, etc. So the shift to lower margin essentials, uh, disposables, whatever, you know, consumables, whatever you want to call it, those carry lower margins, so that puts pressure on retailers' margins all else equal. So obviously, the more pressure on their margins, the more cost-cutting uh, they may see fit to do. So Adam, we know that about the last year or so, a lot of these retailers were really still struggling with very high input costs and very high transportation costs. We've seen a lot of that come down. Obviously, our freight rates have tanked both on the ocean container side and on our over-the-road trucking side of things. How much of that has now gone into maybe that input cost deterioration? And are we starting to see retailers maybe start to come back from some of those struggles that they had with those things? Yeah, the, the article I wrote was was on their sales trends specifically. I didn't get too much into their margin trends as I did their commentary on the consumer and what that means for you know the freight industry and, and elsewhere. So I didn't dive as deeply into their cost specifically, but clearly what you've seen throughout the global economy is a significant moderation in input costs, freight costs, you name it. As the global economy has deteriorated, all manner of input costs and freight costs have fallen. So that would 
all else equal, that would be beneficial to all manner of retailers and other companies. But the reason for the significant moderation in input costs and freight costs is weak demand. So it's two sides of the same coin. So yeah, there are retailers and many other companies will benefit from falling costs. But if the, the primary, if not exclusive reason for those falling costs is that demand is weak, companies are not going to be in a position to benefit much. And Adam, Does that answer your question? Yeah, 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 that that makes sense. And on the that you, the two sides of the same coin really makes sense as well because it's kind of this it, cyclical system that we're in, right? We're hoping now to and, come out of it for peak season. Do you think that that's something that's going to happen, or are we looking at more of a muted kind of third quarter? Yeah, it, Kaylee, I just want to mention one other thing, which is if you look at the ratio of guidance increases to cuts in the first quarter among the retailers, you can see that Walmart raised guidance. But look at all the retailers that cut guidance, Home Depot, Lowe's, Dollar Tree, Foot Locker, uh, RH guided lower for the sec- for the next quarter. So th- the ratio of increases to cuts tells you, I think, everything you need to, do- to know about how retailers are doing. Uh, with respect to your question about how the upcoming couple quarters are looking, so sales trends weakened, as I mentioned earlier, in March and April which the retailers primarily attributed to lower income tax refunds and lower food stamp benefits. Hardly any of them talked about, if any of them talked about the potential impact of the banking crisis and hardly any of them, if any of them talked about the potential impact of the end of the student loan forbearance later this year. So if anything, there's going to be more pressure on consumer spending in the months ahead than there was in the last few months, which would mean that sales trends for the retailers and and many other companies, for that matter, could be under significant pressure. And Adam, you have an amazing background that spans a few different industries. Are there any KPIs or measures that you are watching that maybe the public aren't really kind of tuning into just yet? Sure. Yeah, well, Anthony, there was a report from from the government last week that talked about the fact that nominal wages last year actually fell for the first time in many years. So the, the general perception has been that the labor market is and has been strong. But you know, I've pointed out in some of my articles on on freight waves that that the wages adjusted for inflation have been falling for the past two years, every month for the past two years. What government data last week indicated is that not only have real wages been falling, but so too have nominal wages. So again, last year, nominal wages fell for the first time in several years. So that 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 has a, a significant bearing on consumers' ability to spend. So to the extent that nominal and real wages continue to fall, obviously that would put pressure on people's ability to spend money on anything but essential items such as grocery, which again, gets back to that theme I was mentioning about how just about every retailer talked about this trend of we're selling fewer discretionary items and more and more groceries. 
Yeah, it seems like a lot of people are now continuing to move to those necessities. I know, especially in my household, where we're on this strict list of our same like eight items every single week, right? Those ones that we use and then just buy them every single week. Let's talk a little bit, rounding this out, about interest rates and what that looks like when it comes to that continued erosion of demand. Obviously, we know that the Fed has kind of pulled back on what they were continuing to do with raising those rates. But is that something that retailers are still continuing to watch? Well. When you say they pull back, Kaylee, they, they, they certainly haven't cut, and we don't even know if they'll pause. So the, the Fed has been signaling that they want to stay tight for as long as they can because they, they view inflation as a continued problem, which it still is for many Americans, as you know. So I don't know what, what the Fed's going to do in the months ahead, but what we know is that rates are still 500 basis points above where they were a couple of years ago. And so long as rates stay at these levels, that has a major that can have a major impact on the economy, both businesses and consumers, for the most obvious of reasons. That the debt to GDP in this country is at the highest we've seen in many decades. So if rates stay at around five percent, then just look at 30-year mortgage rates. They were three percent a couple of years ago, now they're seven. Uh, auto loans, same issue. Uh, so higher rates have an impact on many segments of the economy. So unless the Fed suddenly starts cutting interest rates dramatically, yeah, high, high interest rates will will remain uh, uh, will remain a, a depressing factor for consumer spending. They have to. Adam, thanks so much for joining us this morning and shedding some insights on what's going on with retailers and consumers. We'll be sure to check on with you again as this develops. Thank you. And you can find Adam's article up on FreightWaves.com. Right now, we're going to toss things over for our first carrier update of the morning. We've got Tony Mulvey and Thomas Watson on deck. 